fundamental unit of our business is the relationship between our organization and an individual student. And that student's individual journey and desire to invest in himself, fundamentally, you have to have a team of people incredibly committed to seeing that person's bet on themselves and their willingness to work pay off. My name is Ish Bade, and I'm the founder and CEO of Virtually. And this is Reshaping Education, where we discuss boot camps, online education, and how the internet is changing how we learn. Hey, everybody. Ish here with Anthony Hughes, co-founder and CEO of Tech Elevator. Anthony, so terrific to have you here today. Would you be able to introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, hi. Thanks a lot, Ish. Thanks for having me on the show. My name is Anthony Hughes. I am co-founder and CEO of Tech Elevator. Yeah. And Anthony, we have thoroughly explored the history of boot camps. We've talked to a lot of the people who were there right at the beginning. And in, in our in our research, really this evolution of more job outcome-based education really starts around 2011. It's We've traced it back to this one specific Hacker News post. I, I don't know if you've heard of it, but Jesse Farmer and and Sharif, the team at Dev uh, Bootcamp, posted this one uh, little call to action on Hacker News to essentially educate people to become engineers for free. That started off kick, uh, the kick started the bootcamp revolution with Dev Bootcamp. Out of that came Hack Reactor, Hack Bright, as well as App Academy. And that was in kind of the 2011, 2012 time range. I want to hear your journey to getting involved in this bootcamp world. Had you heard about these programs? And when did they kind of pique your interest? What inspired you and your co-founder to start Tech Elevator? Yeah, no, so it's interesting. So definitely I'm a student of the bootcamp industry and remember that moment well and did my research into sort of the genesis of the space. You know, unlike the vast majority of founders in the coding bootcamp industry, I am not a software. I actually have a background in business development, uh, sales, marketing, and advertising. And prior to founding Tech Elevator, I actually worked in economic development. So uh, I think a lot of people came to the coding bootcamp industry with backgrounds in software developments thinking, oh, wow, I only need to train about 15 to 20 of those folks. And I can, you know, I can at least equal my current income. My experience actually was I was working running an entrepreneurial advisory program for an organization called Jumpstart in Cleveland, Ohio. And our, we were a tech-based economic development organization thinking about how to reinvent the Rust Belt economy of Cleveland, Ohio, which uh, for any of your students of history who are listening, Cleveland, Ohio at one point in time was the fastest growing city in the country, had the highest concentration of millionaires, wonderful industries and, and, and industries that are still alive. They were founded in Cleveland, Ohio, including the Rockefeller wealth and Standard Oil and all that kind of stuff. And Cleveland, Cleveland's glory days were in the early 1900s. And I was part of an organization really focusing on how do we reinvent the city and how do we do it around technology? And so I ran an entrepreneurial mentoring program that coached and advised the most promising up-and-coming entrepreneurs in the city. And we would help them found tech businesses, give them capital, access to co-founders. And when they went to scale, when they went to expand their companies, they predominantly were technology companies and they couldn't find software. 
And that was intensely frustrating to me that these promising sparks of entrepreneurship needed the fuel of talent, technology talent, and couldn't gain access to it. And so in the process of identifying this problem, I started to study best practices in how this problem was being solved. And historically, communities have looked to their higher education institutions to solve these kinds of problems. But as you well know, coding bootcamp industry was really in response to the lack of output and the lack of accessibility and opportunity. And so I started to see these sparks around the country in Dev Bootcamp and in Hack Reactor and, and others around the country in General Assembly. And I said, hang on a second, there's a model, short-term reskilling model that can help us solve this problem on a local basis. And that was really the genesis of me getting involved in the coding bootcamp industry. The first time I got involved was with the Software Guild. I was asked to come and take over and run the business operations of the Software Guild. We sold that company relatively quickly, and I loved the coding bootcamp space. I just thought this was just this wonderful intersection of People making, you know, people working their tails off to fulfill their career potential, communities reinventing themselves, companies reshoring um, digital workers. And I said, look, I just want to be in that space so badly, I'm going to do it again. So Tech Elevator was the 69th coding bootcamp to start and we founded in 2015. So hardly a picture of originality, but definitely inspired by the work that folks like Dev Bootcamp and General Assembly and Hack Reactor and App Academy had done to pave the early way and taking that model that's so promising and applying it to the Midwest where there really wasn't much of a presence of coding. Yeah, and you certainly don't need to be the first to redefine the category. And so tell, tell us about how Tech Elevator uniquely thinks about its student experience versus some of the other programs out there? Yeah, I think when you've got a fairly crowded space, you've got to try and differentiate yourself. And when we started the company, we asked ourselves a fundamental question, which I don't think many people in the industry had actually been asking themselves, which is people coming to us to learn how to code, or are they coming to us to transform their career into a software developer? And if you answer the, the, you know, if you answer that question fundamentally, the reason that people come to coding bootcamps is because they want to become software developers, and learning to code is a conduit to do it. So the first thing we said is, yes, we have to be really good at teaching the technical skills. The technical skills alone don't get a job. So we started the company with a heavy focus on career readiness, job placement. And the last mile support that's absolutely necessary to see the return on investment for students coming through. We run a career development program that runs in parallel to our technical education. And it starts on day one of the program, which is a 14-week program or a 30-week in the case of our part-time. And it ultimately ends in direct introductions to hiring companies. So that was the first major differentiator. And, and when the folks at Dev Bootcamp started, they could just graduate people and trust that the demand in the market would get them a job. Well, as the program, the market, and the, the industry proliferated, that wasn't enough. You needed to be more deliberate. Tech Elevator came right out of the gate with that major differentiation. The other thing that we got to do is understand, look, study best practices in the industry and see what was working and what wasn't working. And prior to us founding the company, Dev Bootcamp had launched and then sold. 
And Kaplan shortly thereafter shut it down, concluding that it was not a viable model. It was not a viable business model because it was too, it was net, you know, a, a negative cash for the business. And they couldn't conclude that it could work effectively. Well, what most of the industry started to do was bring down their labor costs, step away from experienced instructors and start to hire their graduates to reduce the, the hourly cost of, of instruction. We weren't willing to make that decision when we started Tech Elevator. We launched with experienced developers as instructors. Case in point, my co-founder in the business, David Wintrick, was the architect of Pay.gov, a, 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 a massive system built for the U.S. Treasury that processes today about $250 billion in payments. That was his experience, and we've continued to double down experience matters the Tech Elevator instructors have, on average, 20 years of industry experience, and it's our job to support them becoming a teacher, to transition them from being a mentor into a teacher and instructor. But we, we absolutely need and expect that professional experience. So those are a couple things that I think differentiate to this out of the gate. When the industry was sagging towards lower-cost delivery models, we were staying true to experience matters. When you're, you know, learning to code is the cognitive equivalent of climbing Mount Everest. It matters who your trail guide. If you've got some person who just learned how to code six months before, they're probably not going to be as effective in, in helping somebody get what they want out of the program as somebody that comes with experience. Yeah. And Anthony, let's go deeper on that because student experience is something that I care very deeply about. And it's something that has just been so lacking. And I, I think one of the interesting paradigms that happens is that it works. Education we know works fairly well in terms of outcomes for smaller numbers, but almost certainly as as you try to scale the model, it very quickly starts to drop off. And and it's kind of what you talk about where like personalization starts to kind of go away. And it sounds like that's something that Tech Elevator takes very seriously in terms of personalizing the education. So talk more about the student experience. Uh, it seems to me that most organizations, educational organizations, especially higher ed, have no clue how their students are doing. And they have no idea around student engagement. And even if they did, they, they don't know how to act on it. They don't know how to re-engage students. How, how, does, how has Tech Elevator set up systems to very closely monitor student progress and make sure they get to the end of the program. Yeah, I mean, we can definitely talk about systems. I think that's really important. Before I do talk about systems, Ish, I, I want to just emphasize that we're in a space where a lot of venture capital is taking a lot of interest. And we see wants to move through industry after industry, talking about blitz scaling, um, talking about a land grab for market share. And that works great when you're talking about streaming services or you're talking about e-commerce or ride, ride hailing. But we're in the field of education and blitz scaling oftentimes is not the right thing to do if you're truly focused on the student experience and supporting the student on an individual basis. While Tech Elevator started small and now we're graduating about a thousand students a year and we can talk about how we get to outcomes, which are amongst, if not the best in the coding bootcamp industry with, with higher education, shame in terms of outcomes performance. At the end of the day, the fundamental unit of our business is the relationship between our organization and an individual student. 
And that student's individual journey and desire to invest in himself, which I believe is the best bet you can make in life, is in yourself, and and trusting us to help them get to where they want to get to. And so before I get to systems, fundamentally, you have to have a team of people incredibly committed to seeing that person's bet on themselves and their willingness to work pay off. So that's a cultural consideration before you even get into technology and system. Who we hire as part of our team, commitment that they make to the students, the quality of the students and the expectations that we set up front about what we're going to ask them and the process that we're going to take them through and how we need them to trust that process and, and give over to it. That's, that's fundamental communication, culture, and true accountability that forms the sort of foundational piece. The system simply makes sure that what you've done up front to set those expectations, that you can, you can deliver on those and you can keep that, that visibility on those students. That's easy when you're graduating. In our early days, 80 people in the first full year that we were in operation, 200. But now we're graduating over 1,000 and continuing to grow significantly. And maintaining those outcomes is something that we're incredibly proud of. So we've been able to maintain 95% graduation rates and 90-plus percent job placement rates even as we've scaled from an 80 person or 80 graduate a year to a thousand person a year. And the kicker here for anyone who's in the bootcamp industry is those are by SIR standards, not by Tech Elevator's generic outcome report validated by Joe Schmo CPA in, in somewhere in Pennsylvania. These are real outcomes. How many people started, how many people finished, and how many people got jobs in the field of study within 180 days no exemptions. So let me just lay that out there. Tech Elevator bangs this drum, bang it loudly, bang it proudly, because that's the ultimate in accountability. All right. How do you maintain, how do you have systems that maintain accountability? But a typical um, experience for a student is they're coming in every morning and doing quizzes. Those quizzes will help us understand comprehension from the day before. They're doing uh, uh, exercises in the afternoon. They're doing pair, pair exercises, individual exercises. They've got homework submissions. Our systems measure all of that activity. We meant we were able to understand their, their quiz score averages, the level of the number of submissions they're making, their attendances. All of our, our systems are designed to monitor those things, not to be draconian in what it's like to participate in the program, but because we need to make sure that they're comprehending the material and if they need help, we're available to help. So we're able to add the sort of human element. I can't remember who, whose quote this was, but it said, systemize the normal, humanize the exceptional. And so having the systems that allow us to observe how students are performing on a daily basis, on, on a exercise-by-exercise basis, allows us to have those human interventions, which again rely on our culture, our hiring ability, our ability to find the right people and onboard them effectively so that we can interview and we can support the students. This, this is a critical point that I want to go deeper on because it's, it's something you rarely see in higher ed or other organizations, which is this idea of like you have data. So most organizations have some sort of monitoring, but it's like you have the data. What do you do with that data? And you're talking right now, which is you guys are proactive. It's not 
Uh, most organizations are very reactive when it comes to student engagement. You guys are seeing when students are falling through the cracks and then you're intervening. What does that intervention process done? And historically, what have been the outcomes of this intervention? How, how successful are interventions in terms of getting students back on track? Well, I think anyone who's a, who's a student who's been through a boot camp or a, or a you know, boot camp leader or somebody who's observed the space knows that when you're taking somebody from, in our particular case, no coding experience, no professional coding experience, very little sort of practical coding experience, and 14 weeks later, you're turning them into a hireable junior developer. That is a phenomenal achievement on an individual level, and, and there's a reflection of the organizations who are capable of doing that. And it requires the students to be highly engaged, and it requires a system to be well-defined. And you really can't afford to let students slip uh, back because the, 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 the amount of work and the pressure doesn't end going forward. And if you have to catch up and stay at, catch up on, on past materials, and to their head, it becomes an even more daunting task. And there's a number of different things that we do. One that I'll say on the human side is we keep a very low student to instructor ratio. We always aspire to one instructor for every 12 students. And so when you have that level of visibility and you're able to see how your students are doing, whether it's on you know, Zoom and you're looking at faces, whether it's in the classroom and frustration. Those are ways that you can intervene. You can set a culture to ask questions, like a hand up to let us know when you're struggling. You uh, can set a culture in, in terms of the student body to make sure that people are supporting each other, that people understand that we're in this together. And if somebody's falling behind, we have a responsibility, a group responsibility to, to raise them up. There are lots of things that you can do, but the key is to intervene quickly if somebody's struggling and to make sure that they know that putting their hands up and saying, I don't understand or asking questions is a good thing and setting that tone early in the program for them to, to know that, that, that they're able to do that, I think is really important. And that is somewhat contrary to the environment they may have come from the work environment, right? Where you, you don't want to you know, demonstrate that you, you're weak and you don't understand. Or it may come from an academic environment. If you're in a lecture hall with 200 people and you don't have a clue what the professor just said, you know, it's kind of intimidating to stick your hand up and say, what, you know, say, what was that? You know? And so you know, it's our job to create the environment as well as the mechanisms to detect early if somebody is slipping. Yeah. And, and Anthony, we're reaching the end of our time. I'd love to go deeper, but I want to leave the audience with one last question for you, which is, you we're talking about kind of disengagement and intervening and supporting students. What are the maybe top three signals that Tech Elevator uses to figure out that a student is falling behind, needs additional support, and that the Tech Elevator staff needs to reach out and help them get back on track? Much of what I've just said already, Inish, which is having the ability to observe how they're doing in class, right? Non, the the nonverbal signals the level of engagement you see with that fellow classmates, just, just being attuned to, to things that maybe aren't measurable in data, I think is important because before people, before people maybe out of desperation stick up their hands so they need help, it's, it's evident if you're a good teacher, you can see that. 
The other thing that I'd, I'd say is really important, this might be contrary to a piece that I, I heard you guys do, I think recently, which was a sort of about cohort-based learning. We actually believe strongly in cohort-based learning. We believe strongly in peer, peer-to-peer learning as well. And the, and the value of having colleagues going through the experience together in a very supportive environment, caliber of the students and that the effort that we make up front to identify the students who are going to be successful, have the aptitude, the right attitude, that creates a really strong culture and cohort, and it's a very supportive cohort as well. So we've got eyes on our, stu- on our students from other students, from our instructors, from fellows, and also from the career coaches, our pathway directors. And so very much of a sort of 360 model of support, very much of a it takes a village to make sure, and then it's validate that with the, validate that with the data and the performance data in the metrics yeah. system. Yeah, super, super valuable. Anthony, really appreciate you coming on today. How can the reshaping education listeners learn more about Tech Elevator and keep up with you on social media? Yeah, you can you can uh, find us at on Twitter at, at Tech Elevator, TechElevator.com. Find us on LinkedIn. And as I mentioned, the website is techelevator.com. And if you're interested in pursuing this path and getting into technology, we have really cool aptitude tests on our website to help people understand without any coding experience if the field of technology could be good for them and if technology could be. That's awesome. Anthony, this was a blast. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. It's great to uh, to meet you. If you enjoyed that episode, would really appreciate a review or a subscribe on the podcast player of your choice. It really helps us get the word out. With that, this is Ish signing off.